0: The Kojik part. I wouldn't even look at them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even prepare mm. to play against them because you do not what you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> we could beat them six nil, or we could lose six 0
1: Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now.
0: Football on, off the ball. With Sky, watch every single live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. I'm prepared to end I can to do play, it play then. Again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? Oh, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should it an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern-day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Now then, you're welcome along Football Show. Dan McDonald is alongside me in studio from the Irish Independent, of course. Good evening again. Good evening, Joe, again. You've been in all evening, of course. If you're just a football show podcaster, I would recommend the Newsround podcast. It was a Dan McDonald Tour de Force, mm. be it Loud GAA or issues with uh, Dublin attacking Evolution or the PGA Tour, Dan Hellcourt with some. Very specific and interesting information. A bit
1: harsh now. I think with PGA tour stuff, like I mean, I, okay, I I'd actually, actually understand what I'm talking about. There. Yeah.
0: I mean, come uh, on, Joe. I thought you'd, have s- thought
1: you'd have some sympathy for someone sort of, uh, you know, pretending to be interested in all sports on a regular basis.
0: <laughs> uh, well played, sure actually. You could yeah, that's good. You no, like, I couldn't yeah. imagine.
1: See what you've done there. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah.
0: Chelsea are one 0 up at half time, so one all on aggregate. They've been really good this evening. So. Graham Potter has gone with the back three. Reese James, one wing back. Chilwell, the other. They have pressed with huge intensity from minute one. Closing down high, winning the ball back early. Dortmund have had brief periods where Chelsea may have dropped off a touch. But in the main, it's been Chelsea domination. And they should be more than 1-0 up at half time. Kai Havertz, very involved. He should have been awarded a penalty early on. He was barged over in the area as he was pulling the trigger. I can't understand why the referee... Or the VAR official did not give it, but however, they didn't. And then he had the ball in the back of the net, brilliant uh, shot, underside of the crossbar, but the initial movement had been offside by another player, and uh, so it was uh, instant flag in the air wasn't given, but really good shot. And you kind of thought, oh, this could be one of those nights for Chelsea, who again have been so good, so energetic, pressed so high. Uh, Raheem Sterling, just before the break, ball comes in from the left Uh, Sterling has a swing at it with his right completely fluffs his lines but barges a little bit and the ball ricochets back to him and then he um, swings his foot at it again and uh, whacks it into the roof of the net so Chelsea 1-0 up and deservedly so at half time is where we are
1: yeah, like it did I mean you might have mentioned it briefly before news did feel like it was one of those nights brewing for Chelsea just with the sort of the near misses as as you mentioned like you know the Havertz run off the striker off the inside of the post as, as well and like you're thinking you know, we, like, you know manager under fire He's having no luck. It's like a, a sort of a hard luck story. Is building the one thing you would say is, and it's very dangerous on the basis of like one game, but like generally, you know, when you have that end of days moment for a manager, where they're nearing the end of the road, uh, like you, you have this abject display that reveals all the fault lines that are there. Um, but actually, you couldn't watch that Chelsea performance and go, Geez, "This is a team that's 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 uh, that's mentally checked out. That isn't playing for their manager. You know that isn't invested." Now, again, like it's actually sometimes it's the confidence to see it through. Now, I mean, they are only level on aggregate now. They have to go and win the game now and see if they can actually go and do it. But you would take more encouragement from that forty-five minutes if you were um, despondent about where they were going under Potter. You would say,
0: and there's no doubt. They look familiarly impressive again with Chilwell and Rhys James up and down both flanks. It's just a formation that suits their Arsenal.
1: Yeah, and like as I said, is one of the in mitigation for Potter is like, you know, he hasn't always had all these options available to him, and has he actually, has he actually managed Chelsea with a full deck at all? you know at any point in the circumstances like you know inheriting a squad that was going to be changed in the january and then you're early enough into that phase now uh, like i think like all the arguments are there to to give them a longer crack at it aside from the fact that at chelsea when your results are so when you're suffering such a bad run of results like it just it just becomes borderline untenable at a point because the club like sacrificed the manager because they can that's what they always do mm.
0: it's not the most amazing champions league evening Tomorrow definitely catches the See, of Bayern Munich, PSG and Spurs, AC Milan. Um, I've just seen Neymar is out for the season now, actually. Mm. This is the way it tends to go for Neymar in Champions League knockout stages at PSG. So he's been ruled out for four months, ankle injury. It was a gruesome, and he was unlucky, gruesome enough injury against Lille on February 19th. And he's going to have surgery in Doha And unless PSG make the final, that's pretty much him done. He was having a very good season pre-World Cup. You suspect much of the last 18 months of his life was building up to being in good shape for the World Cup. And uh, since then, it hasn't been good, returned overweight. Mbappe had those very loaded comments after PSG were abysmal against Bayern Munich, where he said that if some players could, you know, be dedicated and train hard and sleep well, we might have a chance and uh, mm. subsequent to that Neymar has the injury and uh, that's going to be that you would think for his season and again pre-World Cup he'd scored 18 goals he was on fire and you suspect that may have dealt almost a fatal blow to Neymar Yeah I feel
1: like it, but it was one of the variables with this season right wasn't it like how certain individuals react to this massive World Cup in the middle of it and like it can go both ways like a massive hangover or uh, sort of been propelled on, like even see okay, a different level completely, and he's he's back now. But like Foden is now purring again. But there was definitely a sense that he'd suffered. Um, you know, he'd suffered a degree of the And Mbappe, uh, he's been injured, right? But again, it's almost a sense that even the energy he brought to the Bayern Munich game when he was sort of uh, when he really got you know was was brought into it there is a sense of okay he's actually maybe enjoying his new status as uh, okay Mbappe r- the World Cup reminded people he's exceptionally good and like he, he's he gone from it even though you would think losing the final in the manner that you did could have a damaging impact it hasn't been but Neymar I mean like he I mean that 20 minutes he had where he scores a goal that could be his iconic moment and then they're you know you have the penalty shootout situation and you're suddenly g- gone from hero to zero you know it's a, it's sort of a, um, that is a hard blow to take when you are that little bit older and you don't yeah. have those shots at it again and you have to go back to work and diet and sleep and see for PSG why but see Messi come in you yeah, know true and even Mbappe okay he's won one of them as well
0: but he returns a superstar
1: yeah like uh, you know uh, how many World Cups have you got yeah Well I've got one I've got one
0: It was interesting in this uh, glowing and it really was glowing Sunday Times piece by Jonathan Northcroft about Casemiro at the weekend there was just one line in it where um, he made the point that in Brazil now they're starting to debate if Casemiro as opposed to Neymar was the best player Brazilian player of the generation Mm. so yeah it's been a tough time for Neymar but he's not involved tomorrow Uh, speaking of uh, bouncing back Manchester United Dan the papers are awash with Manchester United briefing back yeah briefing I know the leaks are back I mean this is a welcome development for all concerned
1: so, so, like, it's maybe maybe people aren't interested in this but me but the journalistic hat oh, I always would look at these stories and go Trying to figure out where that's coming from. Is this, is this, and these are how like football stories work in general. You'll have stuff coming out directly from a club, you'll have it from an agent of a player, you know, you'll have a, is it someone pushing something for the manager, you know, you want to get this message out there because some of the detail, which I'm sure you'll you'll, you'll run through, um, you kind of wonder just where, where it's coming from because clearly when it's glowing, there's probably a different. Discourse when it when it's malicious, like you know, when it's when it's vicious, you're thinking, okay, well, this is a disaffected player, you know, the agent of a disaffected player, or something, or you know, there's there's some angle here. They're trying to get at people. Whereas this was more, they had a tough day and they came in on Monday and Ten Hag really got in control. So it's like favourable briefing. So you got to know where where is that coming from. That's my curiosity.
0: You know. As in you're thinking it came from Ten Hag camp? Well, me,
1: or is it, you know, did, did it, did it, are the club like getting that message my, out?
0: My read on this is, because I don't think anybody comes out of it massively enhanced or criticised, I think there was just sheer curiosity as to what the hell happened the next morning at Carrington and so journalists reached out to every contact they could. Just tell us what happened. And I think that's what this is.
1: No, I guess so. It's just there's elements of it like they're, they were just, just the, it's, it's, the, but it's some of it. It's like the things the fans want to hear sure. as well. Too, it's a bit like the Sean Dyche coming into Everton It's like, oh, he's, you're hearing reports of they've, they've done this or they've done that, and it's like, yeah, that, that's what we want. No, there's been some
0: self-flagellation going on. I mean, like, there is no I mean, doubt. You have
1: some have details. I have there? Some great stuff. Okay, people uh, can decide if they think this is just what happened or have is it. been polished enough. Events? Have they been yeah. enough?
0: So, uh, back page of the Sun, for instance. Eric Busblast at his flops is the headline. Now who's not continuing to read there? Uh, so uh, the standout line there is the Ten Hag 53. I mean you have to give his age. Well, age. No
1: that's just a journalistic stylistic thing Joe. Like, you mean, ten Hag
0: 53. i right in some time pal. <sighs> uh, why do I need to get his age there?
1: Because it's the information, it's the detail. You, st- you still put in someone's age, maybe their, their nationality, otherwise it's just Ten Hag, Ten Hag, Ten Hag, Ten Hag, Ten Hag. Mm-hmm. It's just repetition you know and like his age is a, is, a, is a piece of information. Like people reading it in 10, 15 years' time remind ourselves what age he was at that
0: point. Fair point. Ten Hag, 53. Uh, made them suffer in silence by insisting that they sit and listen to their heated rivals' celebrations. I lo- that's what I want.
1: <laughs> I want to know if I've had a bad day, if I've had a bad weekend, I want to know that they've had a really bad time. Uh,
0: nobody speak... Sit and like listen. it was. The,
1: was it was just the Anfield crowd noises they had to sit through.
0: It's not entirely clear if it was on the if that part was on the bus or perhaps in the dressing room. I, as I, as I as
1: like sh- the idea of them being asked to just sit, sit through sh- like a sort of a Guantanamo Bay thing. Like let's pump through like the most what's the worst song you could hear repeatedly. Mm. This Anfield crowd noises that really uh, that gets a tea grinding.
0: So he arrived at seven a.m. Carrington the next morning. By the way, this isn't as dramatic as I'm presenting it, but we'll present it nonetheless. Seven a.m. Ten Hag, 53. Dutch arrived. Am I getting <laughs> the, into the rhythm yeah, of it now? The Dutchman. <laughs> <Calm down. laughs> and so he arrived at seven, players arrived at nine. Uh, this was on the independent website. Mm. Uh, still smarting from the embarrassing defeat, the Dutch manager had uh, prepared a number of exercises to provoke a reaction for what was, for so many of his squad, the lowest point of their careers. So he had prepared a number of exercises uh, all the players tried to avoid the prying cameras of the waiting paparazzi on the approach to the training ground. An uncomfortable array of home truths awaited them. So according to reports in the British media, Ten Hag, 53, has attempted to make his squad <laughs> angry. He's attempted to make them angry. The former
1: IX manager.
0: <laughs> by requesting them to watch back the critical moments of the second half capitulation. So Ten Hag stopped short of showing them the entire game, but he did select clips of the video nasty which are believed to have cut deep. Uh, Red Devils players were also asked to sit in silence in Carrington in the first team dressing room as they were replayed audio clips of the Anfield crowd's reaction to the yeah. horror show.
1: That's what I was, that that was the information that really. I it just struck me again, though. Where would you get that crowd? Well, ru- <laughs> uh, you know, during you know, like you could get the, the no commentary version.
0: Of are you telling me? Are you telling me Ten Hag fifty three got on Sky Sports <laughs> and said? Can I have the feed without? I'd say. Oh, Tyler? I'd say.
1: Well, I would say the former IX manager and his and his staff like probably have their own recording of the the game as well too. I'm sure their analysts
0: don't just knock off okay. the sky so coverage. They've taken it from their. Uh, I don't think like I, platform. I don't
1: think they have to yeah, watch okay. it back with sort of Martin Tyler and Gary Neville as they're doing okay. the in turn the yeah. volume. Then
0: I presume there are no commentators on those platforms.
1: No, yeah. I would have thought so. But I mean, or maybe they just got someone to re- like just record and feel and just play it to them like a horror show.
0: Yeah, but you know, there's a certain tone of hilarity that increases across the seven but I,
1: again to me I'm just coming back to like this is great information to get out there that's very favourable I think to Ten Hag I, really, I think I think like uh, worse or worse, I have been you know j- joking about it here um, but there is a sense of like you you want to get out there. The players are really feeling this, you know. And maybe like you know, maybe I'm just like not not good at sniffing out these stories. Like if it happens to an Irish team or whatever. But I'm thinking even in other codes like you know Irish rugby World Cups or various things. You never hear hear this type of information afterwards about like big inquests and certain things that were done like very like seven a.m. arrival. You know, pumping through the the crowd. Like, and I'm sure there are little tactics and things that come out. I I'm just how this is all played out there it's like this is great this is exactly what you'd want to hear wouldn't mm. you or maybe there's
0: Manchester United fans out there are thinking mm, don't really care I lost 7 this means nothing to me perhaps so that is interesting so Carrington Monday morning let's sit in the first team dressing rooms no one's allowed to talk and they were replayed the crowd cheering on 7 different occasions and you know what the funny thing is internally everyone just wouldn't be able to help themselves but to count now we're under 3 it's four,
1: definitely one, stif- one or two five, stif- I'd say one or two stifles in a laugh six well, a shadow of a doubt I don't know they'd have to be
0: uh, it does say the piece to be fair to tonight, that apparently he's very mindful that they had a grueling 10 day schedule Europa League victory over Barcelona Carabao Cup win coming back from goal down against West Ham. So he is not being too harsh on his squad this week. This is not the Brentford, let's well, run 48 kilometres or whatever. They the thing about it. it
1: is, is that it's obviously a huge game because it's Liverpool and the rivalry and the symbolism of it. And it's a bit embarrassing. And it's probably a result that they'll talk about in three, four, five, maybe 10 years. But uh, I don't know about you, but I like, got into that game on Sunday... Yeah, it's live Liverpool Manchester United. It's a big game, but it's not as if it's a really big defining game in the context. No, of they this lose even. two or three,
0: one. It's uh, forgotten. Do you know
1: what three. I mean? Like it's sort of yeah. There's there's a shock value to it, but I, I I I think personally it's not like it means that all the talk of the rebirth is wrong. I think that's inaccurate. It's just yeah, but like I think there's, there's there's a sort of hilarious aspect to the overtop need to like show that you're really caring by the aftermath to this. Like it's I think. if if they're you know if Liverpool come fifth at the end of the season or whatever and you know Manchester United are comfortably third and they've maybe won the you know won the Europa League or something I don't think this is a game that's going to be It'll be brought up, but it's yeah. Like you know, Newcastle beat Man United 5 0 back in the day it was a Philippe Albert with the glorious chip and it's a great memory, it's a great highlight, but
0: Yeah, here we are 30 years later and you remember it. I, remember, better than I remember, you remember the most that season. Yeah, like you remember it, but I mean who who got trophies around that time? Oh, okay, Roy. Kai Havertz is having a night, Dan. Oh no. He has just missed a penalty for Chelsea. So he uh stilted run up, two step run up, keeper went the wrong way, and Kai Havertz left footed off the post
1: just delete all those takes about it not being Chelsea's night Mm. it's building up again towards Uh,
0: that sounds so your general sense of the game you were more in the Gary Neville there was something a touch freakish about that second half game.
1: yeah but uh, I think about Liverpool this season probably talked about before I mean Liverpool are still a great side on their day like they can be Explosively brilliant, and they were.
0: And we've talked about actually recent weeks. They were bubbling at times of late.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's
0: there, but then they just can't really back it up themselves. Sorry to interrupt. It's Kai Havertz's night down because. VAR intervened and it seems Dortmund players encroached into the box not that it affected him one iota but it seems the penalty will be retaken is it the Dortmund
1: encroachment I mean uh, well yeah it's nothing to do with the keeper on his line the keeper has stayed on his line actually but the looks of it no so. it's
0: encroachment, it's it's encroachment. The, it's the Dortmund players coming into the box too early. even
1: though they're behind the Chelsea players who are encroaching into the box seems
0: that way yeah so I think it will be retaken I suspect the Dortmund players around the referee are making the point that there were two Chelsea players coming into the box as well they were so. slower to react than the Chelsea players yeah but there, were, uh, there were more of them so Havertz is going to take it again <sighs> I mean as you said he's a man under a degree of pressure Kai Havertz
1: he has like scored the winner in the Champions League finally it's sort of for, yeah
0: you yeah, forget, you forget that. these things wouldn't you he looked so classy around them but it hasn't really worked out since uh, to be fair to him he's not really a striker in the Sense they're asking him to play it at the moment so he's putting the ball down uh, previous, so the, the moment to go he took that stilted two step run up keeper dive to Hands keeper's Hes looking nervous or in right. some
1: cases getting their phone ready to yeah. record the moment one or the other
0: keeper dive to keeper's right Havertz left footed went the other side off the upright here he goes again oh you're nervous for him 52 minutes, Chelsea and Dortmund 1-0 on Agri. Same run up, keeper doesn't move, keeper goes the same way and this time he slides it into the same, net. Same effort, oh. just a little bit, a couple of <laughs> inches to the left. Everyone did the same thing. Yeah. Wow. If these, if, if these two moments were just parallel universes, you'd say, God, that was very close to the other one.
1: Yeah, it really was. And uh, Dortmund players protesting. I think like the Dortmund players, it's one of those where the, the law is not on their side even though it looks particularly harsh on them. You know what I mean? It's a technical application of the Dortmund encroachment.
0: Yeah. Havertz did well to keep his composure there because keeper was more ready for the run-up and really didn't dive until last second. And uh, in fairness to Havertz, kept his composure. So that's Chelsea 2-0 up on the night, 2-0 up on aggregate. So uh, fair enough on on the Liverpool point, but on the United capitulation, you think it's it's as much just the freakishness of everything Liverpool touching going to gold uh, explaining United's capitulation as opposed to something rotten in the state of Denmark.
1: Yeah, well, I'll be honest. I normally, I didn't actually hear Gary Neville after the game on Sunday. I usually would. I just didn't. And I seem, to me, like, you know, some stories exist in your scrolling consciousness but it seems like there's been a bit of a backlash to some of his comments or whatever. Didn't? I haven't, I must admit, I, I haven't seen you. that. Yeah,
0: He didn't say United were good because there was an interesting moment where Graeme Sooner said, do you want to say what you said off air, Gary? Right, I, I've comple- I was yeah, right. completely missed it. But well, when he said that, everyone sat up a bit straighter and said, Go on, Graham.
1: It was an and Ikea during the game, to be tra- totally truthful, Joel.
0: Well, your loss. of so uh, highlights. As soon as uh, suggested, Neville had said that United had played okay, had played well, or Liverpool hadn't played well, that Liverpool hadn't played well. Ah. And Gary said, No, I didn't. I didn't say that. And then things started getting a bit tense. But Neville's basic point was Liverpool played well, United didn't play well, but the 7 0, he said it was a freak. It was just a bit of a freak, and he kept, he started using the word "freak" quite a lot.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Yeah. I mean. And he thought that United were a marginally better team in the first half, so there was just a freakish quality to mm. everything Liverpool touching going in.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, like I, I can probably see how he reached that conclusion, but sometimes some of the, the conversation around Liverpool and Manchester night is so partisan that someone's comments are just, you know, there's an extra bit on top of feeling towards them because of it, like. I suppose. Well, if it's if there's not something freakish about it, then presumably what happened will be reflected by what happens in the coming weeks yeah. to make it appear that this is not freakish. It was in fact uh, in line with the trajectory of the respective teams. And
0: Soonis on that point said, "You know what? Actually, I think United are getting away with it." Well, that's an away opinion. With it lately,
1: well, that's an opinion. I mean, that's. I mean that's like that's fair comment again if it's if it's duly backed up. I mean, I mean the, the the Barcelona game. I suppose there is these yeah. moments you talk about Casemiro. Sorry to cut across your but yeah. like, Casemiro like the Barcelona game was this extraordinary night. But like in fairness to Casemiro, you're talking about moments like the brilliant block he made at the at the end of the first half in that game where there were probably. There were points in that game where they did get away with it, you know, and it was reflected as this huge night of this is this club is back on track. But they were good in the second half, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like sort of, um, you know, there were clearly, yeah, I suppose every high-end game will have a sliding doors moment where you can find an event to suit your argument. Well, if if that hadn't gone in, what would have happened? Mm. I can see that point, but again, I think the Manchester you know, body of results is not just about. Look, you know there, there, there's been and, and I think with Ten Hag as well to be fair like the performance of individual players as well like you know Rashford's Renaissance or whatever that's not like there's nothing there's not, you're not getting away with that it's mm. a reflection of something some better culture off the park even if it does appear to be some very favourable briefing of the culture in response to Sunday
0: the only thing everyone agreed on is that Bruno Fernandes is terrible that was the one point everyone yeah. nodded and said yeah I agree on that we were i was asking Jonathan Wilson if his captaincy is tenable going forward mm. what's, your, what's
1: your what's you're asking that cuz you i'm sensing a no vibe off you
0: i think it's difficult i mean the hands and the linesman, not great he's not going to be punished for that the moaning is really starting to grate on fans and i would suspect players alike i think the death knell was when batshitich went by him and in like the most profound and eye-catching way he's, he just down tools mm. and, and made us say I'm not chasing back I'm done I don't think you can do that and be captain
1: So who's who, Casemiro I was just going to say is that the, the one and I think that's probably but it's, it's how you manage that isn't it again and I think in it, fairness it might depend, managed those situations reasonably it, well It
0: might depend to what extent he wants to keep Fernandez around Yeah and that's, all, that's a point of debate increasingly
1: mm Yeah. No. I can see that. Like, I mean, he's he's not a naturally like he's not a figure you'd be sympathetic towards Fernandez. But then you again wonder, is he that type of like? Okay, outwardly on the pitch you see his demeanor sometimes, and it's it wouldn't be terrific. But is he actually a, a sort of a niggly presence around the place that's actually effective enough as a captain in some way? I don't know. Like you, you have this thrashing and this defeat and. It, like I think the manager does have to have the ability to put it in context quickly and say, "Do I suddenly need to press reboot on everything we've done here because of this, or did you accept just the human condition as such that you can just have a?" Bad day? But I know, like, I know Nathan would have been quite critical of Fernandez here. Was it maybe the week last week, and would have got some reaction from Manchester United fans, and some were saying, "Oh, he's he's actually been he's actually been good, you know." But then after a seven 0 defeat, he suddenly doesn't have the 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 credit in the bank the mm. sympathy mm. Um, you know so like there's obviously a, a temptation for like revisionism of everything that's happened in the last while after a night like that but I mean it goes this is the test of the manager to sort of how keep calm and and carry on I suppose
0: one last uh, quick point as a final full stop on Anfield Sunday just on the, on the back page of the Sun I mean I was more there for Eric bus blast bus blast yeah yeah three year old it seems. Manchester United uh, believe they will, says Neil Custis, will land Harry Kane this summer if Spurs don't make top four. Old, Char- Old Trafford uh, Chiefs reckon Spurs is that the Glazers, the Chiefs? Wouldn't think so. Hierarchy, yeah, not a word you could use. They reckon if Spurs miss out in Champions League place, they will lower their asking price, which is um, 100 million at the moment for Kane, and United according to this piece, have made contact with Kane's camp through a third party and they have been encouraged by the response. So Kane, he turns 30 in July and he's Spurs' all-time top scorer. So for him, that's big box ticked. And his contract is out at the end of next season. Mm. So there's a degree of if he doesn't sign an extension, Spurs will know the game is up and so we might as well cash in on this guy to some extent rather than a Bosman in a year and a half's time is the reading. Is it
1: as is it a is it as a motive of the club or seen to be cashing in as opposed to like Kane trying to engineer a move? Language is important with this stuff.
0: Well, I mean, I suspect Harry Kane is badly burned by his overlap interview with Gary Neville when he tried mm. to engineer a move to Man City, and it turned out he was locked tightly into a yes contract with no release clause and just no escape. So I, I would think he would very, very cautiously agitate publicly. But the, the point here seems to be this will be less about Harry being unhappy because frankly Spurs didn't give a damn that Harry wasn't happy the last time. This will be about the fact that they don't have Champions League money and his contract is up in a year. Yeah. Do, they wa- do they want Harry Kane to walk away for free?
1: Yeah, and, a they have a, and they have a, they have a new manager coming in like, who's that going to be is it Pochettino coming back does that affect things does a new manager at Spurs naturally want their best player or in some ways do they want to like turn the page you'd think that would be an unusual strategy really because yeah. Kane is still
0: Curi- fantastic a curious career if he ends up staying at Spurs say this all plays out and it gets a motive and he signs another two three year deal and suddenly he's 33 and then he's not as in demand and Spurs give him another two years and he's 35 and, and pretty much winds down and let's assume for a second Dan Spurs don't win a trophy yeah How uh, How do we, uh, how, how is Kane's career remembered
1: well uh, yeah I mean well I suppose like you as all time Spurs all time record goal scorer if he hadn't like he has been to the four in England major tournament uh, tilts you know like like he's he's. I think if he didn't have that yeah. in his locker it's it's worse I mean you could look at it and say just thinking it's like it's a it's a higher grade version to bring it to an Irish perspective like how is Seamus Coleman's career remembered okay like, I know Harry Kane is one of the like he's gonna if he takes Alan Shearer's record like I mean he is an unbelievable legacy I know Coleman right, is probably a great then from that but probably at times in his life you would think does Coleman ever think God you know inferior players to me have won League titles or won cups or whatever, um,
0: and, or even he, just to play at Old Trafford or play at Anfield. yeah, but uh, but in well, that, in, in ten really years'
1: Anfield. time, you know, you're welcome back as a legend. This guy never left us, you yeah. know, and, and and Harry can at a point, like, you know, it's, like, how do you measure your happiness? And, then, and those, and, like it, he'll he'll know himself deep mm. down, right? Like he did. I suppose the answer is, is, like he did try and engineer a move for yeah. a reason, yeah you know as and like a lot of the great one club men did that along the times too like you know Stephen Gerrard and John Terry and at various t- times they were I mean you, you sort of
0: yeah Letizia is almost the, the example of someone who genuinely didn't he was happy to stay yeah. it seemed
1: yeah, but he probably believes his career is a hoax anyway
0: <laughs> did that even happen <laughs> that's taking a turn um, yeah it's interesting so that's uh, Manchester United confident-ish if Spurs don't make top four They'll get him. And at 30, you would think he'd still be a very good player. Too. Oh, of course he would, yeah. 34, 35, 36, maybe in 37, the way things are going, he's looked after himself. so. Yeah. This isn't Robin Van Percy coming for a last ditch t- 24 months.
1: No, I guess not. I mean, but I suppose, like, you know, the older you get, the more susceptible you are to that. It was like the most Salah contract in Liverpool. It was that debate of, well, actually, how old, like, how does his age equate to. Long-term prospects, and then people are like, oh, has he been as good this year? And you're thinking, mm. but um, I look, like, it would be nice. I think it'd be just in like an interesting story to see Kane go somewhere else. You sort of still feel with, with him, like uh, the PSG thing was mentioned at a point when Pochettino was there. Even Bayern Munich, we mentioned at a stage, and you think, yeah, would it be nice if he, he go to go overseas where he then maintains his Spurs status? Yeah. But still gets to go somewhere, and like, you, you know, know, that that would be some
0: stuff. the ideal. Go to PSG, win a French league or two or three, and win a Champions League. Mm. That would be whereas going to Manchester United, the, the,
1: I was going to say, that, yeah, potentially not the, winning the romance anything. of uh, the, the PSG project. Of well, course. I know there is that. nothing that'd be a real wholesome conclusion to his career, That's wouldn't true. it? That's true. Go somewhere he would never have gone if it wasn't true. for that is true. The, the Qatari money,
0: oh, like, odds are he goes to Man United, they still don't win anything. I mean, it's plausible. Very plausible. In terms the of, cup, in terms of the, the league. No, no, it's true. League, it's well, it's, that, like, against.
1: That's why the City one was such a like, yeah, guaranteed, guaranteed
0: trophy. Yeah. Guaranteed Premier League.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we'll take a short break. It was a really interesting night last night in the League of Ireland. I want to chat to you about how things have started generally uh, because there have been full houses and just a real sense that it's uh, a league continually on the up at the moment. Chelsea are 2-0 up against Dortmund 65 minutes in the clock so 2-1 on aggregate back in just one second and the football show as ever is brought to you by Sky you can watch Spurs Milan in the Champions League tomorrow night live on BT Sport Welcome back 70 minutes in the clock at Stanford Bridge Chelsea are 2-0 to the good against Borussia Dortmund Kai Havertz penalty the second goal Raheem Sterling in the first half with the first goal so they're 2-1 up on aggregate uh, meanwhile, Benfica, 5-0 up at home to Club Brugge. Are you a Club Brugge man?
1: In the sense of how I pronounce the name? Bruges. Uh, Bruges. Probably like instinctively would say Bruges, yeah. but probably no to say Brugge, I think. Just from purely it becoming a talking point. They the released last a last statement year. apparently
0: to encourage Brugge.
1: Yeah, I can understand but, it if it's your name. Like sure. We get annoyed enough when... Irish names get butchered, you know, or Hollywood actors are claimed as British. So, like, a lot of people disrespectfully getting your name wrong is probably something to deal with.
0: But I wouldn't mind if the, we're talking a different language here and there was a, just a different name for Dublin.
1: But that's true. But it's the Matt Doherty thing. was like, you know, Matt Doherty, Doherty, how it's been mangled yeah. by commentary That doesn't, that one annoy doesn't us make sense,
0: though. But I mean, exactly. It's the same language. That's different to Brugge and Bruges, no?
1: Yeah, but they probably was... Think, I would think it more... It's a bit like racehorse names and stuff. It's a bit like a bit of... Res, it's more respect to learn how people would like it to be pronounced. OK,
0: let's settle this off here.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, thanks for that. It was some good content there.
0: Yeah, so League of Ireland very much up and running. Last night was busy. I would think in the main, most people would have seen the spectacular goal and not least the scoreline to match... Between Shamrock Rovers and Cork four four. You weren't at that game, but I'm sure you've seen the goals. Yes. Uh so this is kind of interesting on the Rovers point as a as a jumping off point. They drew one all away to Sligo, they drew one all away to Drada. They lost 2-1 to Derry. You were at that game and you were saying it was a very high-quality game. And then last night, another draw. So, no win for the defending champions. What are we to read into that? If
1: yeah, I mean, well, the, the first two away games, so they, they played their first two games away because of just Chalas in the process of being completed and there, there's some building work going on. So, just for whatever reason, they wanted to play the first two games away. They are 1-0 up away to... Uh, Sligo like Rovers they were reduced to 10 men they conceded in the 90th minute against Drogheda they were 1-0 up reduced to 9 men conceded in the 90th minute could have lost that game Home. so the, against Derry at home they played very well and just lost but they were missing 3 suspended central defenders Like they started the Derry City game last week with a midfielder and 2 converted full backs in their back 3 um, just a, a trio that will never play together Have never played together before, and will never do so again in a game like that from the start. Um, So you could give them a pass for that. But they were so good against Derry that I assumed, okay, well, that's going to be the corner turned now. Bit sore over the defeat, they'll come in on the Monday they'll beat Cork and they'll get going um, but instead they've been involved in this mad cap four all game with some really haphazard defending with some of their first choice defenders back and you're just thinking eh, it's just a little bit sketchy now they do have a record in recent season like they're going for four in a row this year they have been slow starters in some of those seasons they, they drop points often in the first series of games so you wouldn't be getting carried away with it but Like it's still just uncharacteristic. Like previously in previous seasons, where they've struggled, it's been more laboured. Eking out wins after not playing particularly well, sort of just you know like games that are drawn rather than giving away leads or like conceding four at home. It's just it's just a little bit concerning. Like for a team you judge by the highest standards here, it's analysed more than it would be if it was someone else. But that's the price of like. Success and um, they just have to be wary of it because as much as Derry didn't probably play particularly well, no, they're okay, but they weren't. They, you weren't watching Derry play Shamrock Rovers last week. Going, yes, they're here. They've arrived. Like they were missing some of their better players too. It must be said, but they've they've got a little bit more consistency about them already this year in terms of just even selection and various things. And you are thinking, yeah, they're not going to be, they're not going to maybe just capitulate or lose the lose momentum in a way that they did last season they got like Derry got to a very strong position early last season and then went through a run where they I don't know it was maybe one win in ten or something or very bad but I feel like Derry are going to be better than that this year so Sean Grovers just need to get moving and their next two games like they're going to Talca on Friday to play Damien Duff's Shelburne to give them their official title who are a tough team to play against really not necessarily a great side to watch but very uh, hard to beat and then Rovers play Pats again like, which is which is on Patrick's day be a huge crowd at that and while Pats are struggling and that's probably another story um, they, they go to and They and they can make life difficult so mm-hmm. suddenly like, there's no easy win on paper for Rovers where you go okay they'll win that and they'll get going they've actually dropped points against maybe teams that you know Drada and Cork to be fair to them were probably expected to be down towards the bottom half of the table this year so you're thinking yeah they're just
0: need to just get going from mm. somewhere uh, Derry for the record 4-0 win last night against UCD 2-1 win against Shamrock Rovers on Friday and then they started off with a draw against St. Pats and a 2-0 win against Cork in general terms we're seeing very good crowds again. Great excitement. Just a sense that things continue to go in a good direction.
1: Yeah, and like you know, sometimes that's just a very fluffy conversation, isn't it? It's like the right, league, we'll, we'll move on. No, but you know what I'm saying. Like it's it's very much like, oh the, the league, and it's like oh here's someone who like you know likes the league coming in and talking about. Things are great in the league at the moment, and like I'm sure, like however long like we're doing this, at various points you'd come in and say, "Oh, interesting times in the league." You know, good results for the dark in Europe, or you know, the, you will find some hook maybe to latch onto and say, "Okay." But I think even now, like what I find at the moment is even the cynics, like even the hardened cynics around the league, and um, people have been in the game like for a long time are looking at some of the trends as regards crowds and saying, what's happening here? Yeah. Like, there's something happening here that hasn't happened before. And it's like, it's maybe in, in different parts of the country, there's different reasons for it. And maybe it's not been felt in every part of the country. Um, but like, like, I suppose in Dublin in particular, but also elsewhere, like there's just a sense that actually and it's early days but there's evidence of last year where it did hold up that attendance isn't 100% linked to like your team's results that if there's a drop off it's not like people are like I'm I'm never going to that again there's almost a sense that there's a bigger base of people who are now committed to going regularly
0: and and that's very striking and what I would say what's interesting about that is traditionally we might have discussed this or others uh, who love the league over the years might have discussed this and would have talked about the importance of increased media coverage and selling the league i wouldn't say that's no happened to any notable degree it's been almost a very organic thing
1: yeah it is yeah it's definitely um it like it it sort of it leads you to evaluate the importance of certain things like naturally like i would have i mean i would have talked about this like the fact champ grover's Derry top 2 wasn't on TV last week I still think it's bad right I still think that like particularly as it was such a good game and a good contest I think there's, there's like RT were already committed to a rugby game from a long way out I still think with the fixture list and with the planning you can be more creative to ensure that like some of your top tier games are on the box
0: but It is an under 20s rugby game we should say
1: Well it was URC last week this was the, oh, on Friday was okay. so that would have been in the I, I, I would be critical of RT around certain things I think in this one there might have been a case of when the fixture lists were drawn up. But I've I have no issue where the league is at with people timing the fixture list to hit certain weeks, certain games. and know it's meant to be done by computer, but I think yeah. you have to be able. But it is true that like um while the league still at times struggles to register in certain places and you know, you could have uh, you know, I know, you know, you could have sort of sports bulletins in certain places on the days of games where you know the games haven't been mentioned. But it almost is like it doesn't matter in the sense of, mm-hmm. like, the league to me has always had great potential and yet sometimes it's unrealistic to think, oh yeah, all of a sudden it's going to have crowds to compete with, whatever, you know, like some of the top inter-county crowds or something. Um, that's That's probably unrealistic, but what you have is still particularly in Dublin like a big city a lot of people who would like to go who have an interest in football and they're tapping into more of them and they're probably tapping into them younger and also clubs I think this is a big thing like clubs how they existed a decade ago was largely a men's first team and that was sort of it and like the underage teams might even in some cases wouldn't have been taken that seriously like now a lot of the clubs will have a senior men's team a senior women's side now or certainly um Underage women's teams, um, and you'll have an under 13, 15, 17, 19s that's players, that's parents, that's friends. There's a sense of attachment of when my son plays for Pats, and let's go and watch their first team on a Friday night. And there's just a there's it feels like as you said, a lot more organic, a lot more uh, natural, like for example. Like on Friday night, a bit Pat- 30 seconds, Sorry, pats. Yeah, some Pats are playing bows on Friday. It's been sold out for a week, like five thousand people at the game. Yeah. Like five, six years ago, if they were going for if it was top of the table clash, you'd probably still expect a couple of thousand people at the game. It's been sold out a week. Even though Pat's results have been poor, yeah. it doesn't matter. People are like, I'm going to the game on Friday, rather than let's see if they win and I'll decide whether to go. And I think that's, that's just a little significant shift, which I think is
0: relatively brief period of time as well.
1: Yeah, it is. And of course you can't get complacent and I, I've, there's a lot wrong with the facilities and venues but it's actually also making a case for investment in those grounds. If you're saying, well actually on match night there's a lot going on in this area, we can do more and maybe that's a better funding argument than maybe something that's a little bit stagnant you know, and you're saying, well why should we invest yeah. in this? Now it's more like, well it could be, how much better could it be if you yes. could actually give it a little bit more from this point and you're actually sort of not begging, you're more trying to you're sort of trying to come at it with a slightly better lobbying point of view and saying here's a little bit of potential can you uh, tap it a little bit more
0: It's still Chelsea 2 Dortmund 0 80 minutes in the clock 2-1 on Aggregate Football Show brought to you by Sky you can watch Spurs Milan on BT Sport tomorrow night Football on Off the Ball with Sky proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team this is News Talk Bye.